on this episode. I wish I did voiceover. Voiceover is really a great profession. And there's only five guys that maybe do all of it. And, and the great thing is you don't have to remember anything. You just <laughs> you read it. You look at a piece of paper and you read off the piece of paper. Recorded live in the corner booth at the center of the Coachella Valley universe. This is Big Conversations, Little Bar. Now, your hosts, Patrick Evans and Randy Florence. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Big Conversations, Little Bar. I'm Patrick Evans, and we are broadcasting live from Skip Page's Little Bar, the center of the Coachella Valley Universe, and I'm joined by my ever-ready co-host, Mr. Randy Flores. Are you in a good mood today? I'm always in a good yeah? mood. Yeah? Well, thank you. That's the first time I've gotten applause. I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> they must know it's my last episode. This- <laughs> really, with the way this podcast is going, it could be our last episode at any moment. It's a goodbye uh, hello. <laughs> Glad to be here with you, Patrick. This is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun uh, because we have, and, and I will say this, a little inside baseball, Randy is the meticulous research guy. He will do reams and reams of research on our guests. <laughs> he is prepared. And I walk in, I'm like, and tell me their names again. And today, we have kind of surprise guests. We have John Kramer, who is a voice work artist from L.A. and out here now for many years. And he's the voice of KESQ. And we have Mr. Mark McClure, uh, who is, of course, a great actor, star of stage and screen. Stage? Never did any stage? I, I did do stage. You did do stage. And I would throw up before I went on. So I'm a lot like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> uh, Mark McClure, I think he would argue uh, some of his most memorable roles would be as Jimmy Olsen in this, the Christopher Reeve era Superman films. And by the way, as you listen to this, the voice is exactly the same. When you meet Mark and you hear it, you're like, oh my God, it's Jimmy Olsen. It is? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly it. Also, by the way, both of these gentlemen are incredibly good golfers. So, so you, you should play with, with Randy. You should play with with Ray, uh, with Randy because he's he's very good. Well, he's refused to play golf with me. What's your home course? I, I don't really have one anymore. Ouch. But I played Mountain he's been New thrown Country. off of several. Yeah, 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 yeah. Country Club in La Well, Quinta. that happens. Yeah. Well, you know, you really can't drink during a round because people get offended when you just start <laughs> yelling things out in the back swings and you know it's an etiquette. I mean, it's a, it's the last thing. I think golf is probably the last of the. You know, take your hat off at the end, shake hands. I'm and it's surprised the only, that it's still yeah, going on. It's but have the you only noticed? self-regulated. Well, yeah, it's just it kind is. of there is a it gentleman is. thing to it. And John, so uh, John and Mark and I spend some time, usually at Housesville repute, watching football and having beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Moody. you were talking about no. you were talking. <laughs> you had an idea about I, other sports. Just not, last night, I mentioned the fact that wouldn't it be wonderful if sort of the integrity of golfers was transferred to other sports say 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 basketball or you know soccer sorry i fouled you right exactly <laughs> it's like my fault you to call your own foul you got, and we were thinking we were watching the uh, football game the other night and uh it, it was it was evident that uh, there are times you know in all sports when you know you see the flop you, you need some time. We call it the LeBron. Yeah, uh, Warriors fans call it the LeBron. Ah, well, that's, wow. that's a good have word we, for it. Have we established that that voice was John Kramer, the voiceover guy? That's John Kramer, the yeah. the voiceover guy. I, I well, wait, that mentioned. was Mark Moran. That, Mark McClure. Mark, Mark McClure. McClure. <laughs> Just so we, you know, because third this episode. Is a pro- professional, <laughs> professional outfit we got going on here. 
wish I did voiceover. Voiceover is really a great profession. And there's only five guys that maybe do all of it. And, and the great thing is you don't have to remember anything. You just re- you read it. <laughs> you look at a piece of paper and you read off the piece of paper. I, I kind of remember Gene Hackman was probably one of the first actors that went over and started doing voice for United Airlines or one of the airlines. Right. Because it, it never happened. It like never, if, actors if you would went, never if, do yeah, commercials. No, if you went right. from movies to TV, that'd be like, oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, how the mighty have went fallen. For, went for the money, right. all that stuff. Well, if you did voiceover, it's like, what What are we doing? But that started a, not a stampede, but at least no. a steady trickle of... The money of, was so good, the money nobody was, said And no. that kind of put a pinch on guys, John, that do what you do, right? Because all of a sudden, you, now you're competing with Gene Hackman and Chris Pine, who does the, the, you know, right. the, the, the right. BMW commercials. You're like, exactly now you've got to compete right. against these guys. You're exactly right. The, the business changed a lot when actors decided... It's okay to do commercials, and not only is it okay, but we, we're in. We're all in. And uh, the one money day, was there. One day of work. Yep. And that, well, you can do. One day of reading. For example, you can do, uh, I did uh, Dodge years ago, and they had 14 different models, so they had 14 different commercials. I did all 14 commercials in one session. It, it, it was less than two hours. Wow. But the on-camera actors and actresses, you know, they, it, it took them a full day or two to do one commercial. So there wait you go. Minute, wait that, what, yeah, that what, shows what? you the difference. So I'm on, and the, the other thing, too, is there was different actors in each of the 14 commercials, oh. but the same VO guy in all 14. I Were you paid by the job? I, well, I, you oh. certainly get paid by the spot, right? By the spot. By the, by the spot. Got it. And, but... So you, it wasn't he's a as rich much. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he only worked one day a week. That's one day awesome. a week doing 14 at a crack. And now I can do it from my closet. So <laughs> he literally does do it from here. Yeah. Literally from your closet. And very, I, I do. Yeah. I have a studio in, in, you know, the, we have a pretty big closet, as you know, because you've been there. Very few people are left in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Most people are out because it just feels good. But I love the rationale because when the first time I came over to you, like, and this is where I record because. Because like right. a closet is perfect acoustics for this. It's it sounds it dead. The, yeah. No yeah. bounce. Sweaters. I've got the sweaters. Some, you know, <laughs> I've got some expensive soundboard yeah. on the way. But I guess if I add up all the clothes that I've got hung up around, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably it's cheaper to buy soundboard. But the <laughs> clothes are already there. But so. you'd, you'd look funny going to a gala in soundboard. So, is there a picture of you in your closet doing work, or at um, least a video? Because that really would be a like yeah. wow. That would really be a blow out the fourth wall. I don't, I, I'm not sure you would like that. Not exactly, because so, I'm not often fully dressed when I'm in. Well, oh, whoa. Okay, I'm going to yeah, change topics really yeah, fast. Good really move. fast. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I heard something on the radio, and it was it was a, an artificial intelligence using a real person's voice. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a problem for you? Well, I- interesting. Um, I, I love AI, and I think it's got a fabulous future to it. Um, as far as AI goes for voices, maybe not so great because the ability to do the little nuances that you need to do at the right time, on the right word, mm. and just the shadings and shadows, so they can imitate the, the tone of your voice 
but it's not able to give you the personality. That's why when you go listen to music, for example, a live performance is oftentimes much more enjoyable than the recorded version because you can feel it live all around you. And I think that's the kind of the same thing. Now, for on-camera, um, you know, you, you can duplicate a, a person and, and throw some lines in there and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, for example, in uh, the, uh, what was it, the uh, Christmas movie, uh, The Train, Oh, oh, uh, oh Polar, Polar Express. Express. Yeah, Polar Express. Yeah. So Zemeckis. that was all CGI, right. but that's what Same AI thing, would yeah. do. They they created an image of him, and but he still voiced it. He still was the actor, even though the images were all uh, computer generated. Bob Zemeckis There's, got all that together. Yeah, like, they, they, they you worked. Right. You worked with Zemeckis on Back to the Future. All the Back to the Future movies. I did his first film. I want to hold your hand. The second film, Use Cards, and then. You know, as far as Back to the Future, the job was mine, Wendy and I, because Wendy, Joe Sperber, and I were in all the films together, and, you know, we all got along. They were great guys, and we were all friends. And then they came up with the script, and, you know, the script was like, what is it? And I do remember at the screening of Back to the Future with the cast and crew, I mean, at the end of it, everybody's on their feet. Mm. Well, usually you go to those, and... You know, now we got to go to the cocktail party after. <laughs> after you I know, wake that guy yeah, up. Even though I've yeah. been lucky and I've had some good ones, but the Back to the Future one was the first one that got a stand, you know, because I think people read the script, but they weren't quite sure how it was all coming together. And when it pulls all together, I mean, it's just a great story well, well told. And we it's all a great have, story well told. And we had Eric Stoltz to begin with. That's right. About almost a month. And they realized, and then what they did, they gathered the footage of what they did because, you know, Zemeckis knew... Everybody kind of knew that it wasn't, it wasn't kind of the comedy that it should be. And they put it together, and they showed Universal, who was really high on Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. He may have been coming off the map, I'm not sure, but they kind of pushed him into the project, and Bob and Bob said, okay. And they screened, you know, what they had together for them, and Universal saw it and said, look, we see what you're talking about. Do what we got to do. They went to get Mike. He was on that TV show. So he's doing a TV family show. Family Ties. Family Ties, doing a TV show, and then doing a movie at night. Nobody was working like that. Mike, he had the business. And I just saw a documentary on Apple called Still, and the guy's got footage. Oh. There's so much footage with Michael J. Fox. I didn't, after watching that, I thought, that guy was big. I didn't realize it, but at the time, he was all over the map. Yeah. As somebody who was in the movie, did did you see the difference right away oh, when yeah. they brought Michael? Oh, yeah. I, well, just the atmosphere. On the set with Eric, because he was a method actor, you had to call him Marty. <laughs> you had to treat him like Marty. So, and he was a very serious Oh yeah, He's but, a very but, serious guy. But that's uncomfortable. Like uh, we did Supergirl, and who was it? I think Faye Dunaway. Um, it wasn't like you had to treat her like whatever character she was, but when she came on the set, everybody, no, no talking, don't do anything. Just set up your lights. So when she came on the set, it kind of killed whatever fun Supergirl had going on. And it's for a set and for the flow of things, it's, you know, when somebody's playing a character and it's just not with everybody, 
So for an actor, would they tell you before you went into the scene? Yeah, they would kind of talk to her. Yeah, somebody tipped off something. Oh, weird. And don't don't look her in the eye. Yeah, but, <laughs> but and I don't know if I ever even talked to him and said, uh, you know, hey Marty, or you know, when, when I saw him at the, you know, you know, getting carrots. Uh, so I don't, you know, yeah. I don't remember that, but it was definitely uh, you could feel the difference. So yeah. when and Michael J. Fox, the future. when Michael J. Fox came on board, I mean, there was a uh, just a better camaraderie, and he was he liked to interact with you guys. You know, when you're doing film, you never really know what's happening, how it's going to turn out. Uh, you're just trusting the director, you're just trusting everybody that's kind of in charge. As far as an actor, which is always interesting, is that by the time it gets to us. Oh my God! It's been in the oven for so long, and now it's time to yell action and have the actor give the line that everybody's been trying to get to with this crew. And oh my God! It's sometimes it's five years before you get to the line on camera, mm. the work involved. And I never really thought about that. If I did think about it, I probably wouldn't have been. <laughs> How can I even speak at this point, man? You guys, everybody's waiting for the line to be delivered just like they wanted it after all those years. It's crazy. I want to dial back to the Superman films uh, because obviously the superhero films are huge today. Oh, yeah. But they're just overproduced, uh, effects laden. I mean, the, the characters are almost lost. I think when I look back at that original Superman movie that you did with Christopher Reeve and Richard Donner was there. Dick Donner is the magic. But you know that tagline, "You'll believe a man could fly." Like I mean, that movie to me embodies what a superhero movie should be. There was a lot of a lot of humanity in that Superman film. If you watch all of Dick Donner's films, uh, Ron Howard, Zemeckis, Spielberg, you believe. These guys with celluloid, if you can, because there'd be a lot of great movies if everybody could do it. There's very few directors that can make you believe everything you're watching. It doesn't even matter what the material is. You're believing it. And Dick Donner had that. He was the, had the biggest laugh on the set. Everybody wanted to work for him. We were in London, and the London crew was fantastic. They did the James Bond films. And it was just all the ingredients for that pie was in the pie. Well, it. I mean, I just love, I, again, I love the humanity, and, and you do believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, he painted a, a beautiful picture. And, Chris and, was the guy. Uh, Chris Reeves was fantastic. Mm. But but that scene where, where uh, young Clark Kent sort of comes of age, that, that growing up scene where he, you know. Oh, at, the, at the farm? Yeah. When, you know, Paul Kent has the heart attack. And, mm -hmm. I mean, talk about the actors that were in that movie, too. I mean. Well, Jeffrey Unsworth, the cinematographer, uh, there was a time when he was walking out in the field of corn or wheat or whatever that was, and a, he said a line, and a cloud came over and darkened the shot. And I forget what the line was, but it was kind of like Dick Donner said, that was a Jeffrey Unsworth, like that's how much control he had of the visual. And Jeffrey Unsworth, I think died before the film was released and oh, he was wow. a big english cinematographer a great man i mean it just was the place to be on the planet it's not quite apollo 13 <laughs> in the control room because that was a pretty good place as far as those guys but everybody involved in that and the english production they're so into it so much different from america 
A lot of people just go home, and the English, they just kind of... Was a lot of that done, like, at the Inglewood Studios? No, at Pinewood Studios. Pinewood, Pinewood that's the... Pinewood Studios, Shepperton Studios. Yeah. And that was a, a great time in London and great time for films. Well, I mean, you had Marlon Brando as Jor-El. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it gave the movie just, like, this immediate... Did, did you get it at the time no, on no, the set? No, no, no. That was my first time out of California. I was 20 years old. Wow. And I went into the interview, uh, and I'd lived on a houseboat at the time in Marina del Rey. And I'd been going to interviews and, you know, getting things. Uh, and I went into that interview, and Dick Donner, I went in, Tom Mankiewicz, Dick Donner, and uh, Lynn Stallmaster, the casting director. And Dick said, you know, what have you been doing? And I just said, well, I'm living on a houseboat, cleaning the bottom of boats. <laughs> And Dick always wanted to live on a ho- uh, live on a boat. Oh, so that so we, captured his. Well, we took we talked about boats for fifteen minutes. Wow! And then he said, "Well, thanks for coming in." And on my way out, he asked me if I knew who Jimmy Olsen was. And I turned around. And I said, "Golly, Mr. Kent!" Oh. They, they laughed, and I left. <laughs> and it was three months later that I got called back. I came back in. Uh, he said, "I just wanted to remember what you look like," and I got the part. I never read. I never did anything. It was the easiest job, you know, other than Back to the Future. <laughs> Were you a Superman? <laughs> fan growing up? I knew Jack Larson. I knew I knew the TV series. Oh, yeah. How about comic books? Never Not really, no. no. I was sent away to military school. I'm sure they were, weren't allowed or something. You seem like an unlikely candidate. I mean, I, I obviously, I know you're at a different stage in your life, but you seem like an unlikely candidate for military school. <laughs> like, uh, the brother and I were sent away. Uh, I think he, he had a little bit, it was more him, uh, and I got included <laughs> in the deal. And thank God, I. if you're going to get sent to a military school in 1965, have an older brother. Oh, it yeah. really helps. And uh, where did you where where did you go? Where the first you? place was called Mount Low Military Academy in Altadena, and it was Bob wire fence, twenty five kids to a room, and most of these kids were dropped off, never to be seen again. It was wow. Me and it doesn't fr- really sound like a school. No, 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 no. It was it was a somebody was making money on the deal, but it was a just a weird place. It really was, and you had to take care of yourself. And I think maybe in acting, I became a good judge of character through military school because you, you're in there. And you're not going home, and you've got to live with these people. So you've got to figure out who's who. We had a guy, Foot, and I don't even know if he's still alive, F-O-O-T-E, six toes on each foot, and he looked like the elephant man. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> but, oh, my God. But the, I've but seen the, our listeners. He's probably not. But uh. the guy's beat up Foot, but Foot, he would fight back. And you would just, you'd have to get foot in your inner circle just to, you know, because he, he was a nut. How did that shape what you did later on when you got out of military school? I just appreciate. Because you're obviously a very no, creative guy. One thing I always say, I appreciate carpet and I appreciate my own bathroom. Very simple. <laughs> very simple. I really do. And, and I love my acting helped you achieve that. Uh, I <laughs> don't even know. I, I was going to be a jockey. I was 4'11", 95 pounds when I graduated from high school. And I was going to be a jockey. And today, some of my best friends are jockeys. I we were know just talking about hanging out at the Derby. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go to, I'm going to Breeders' Cup. That's week. right. You're going to Breeders' Cup. Yeah. But this is going to be released you were just about a year. You so just got back from Kentucky. I was in Kentucky. I saw Tis Now. I got my buddy back there. All the jockeys were together raising money for a veteran's house. And the veteran's house, like everywhere in America... They're shut down. And I kind of learned, like, when the, the boys came home from Vietnam, everybody didn't like them. Like, for some reason, somebody put some, some word out there that, you know, it was their fault or whatever. And that was the beginning of the end for veterans. And I just can't believe yeah, my that dad there went isn't through a some place of that when he came back. for yeah. them to 
go to. It's just in our world today, if you can't take care of the vets, what are we doing? Great point. What are we doing? Kramer. And now, John Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer. All right. Well, you have a very varied background. We grew up in Glendale. I know. Yeah. You, Neighbors. You, you, that's right. Uh, and yeah. you, you married, didn't, didn't I married your wife, his sister. My sister. Wife. Yeah. Right. <laughs> your, your wife didn't live very and like No, she lived right there down the street yeah. from me. Uh, and she was she was in a band, right? That was she was in a band, all girls band, and I met her. I met her mother first on Carol. the golf course. Carol, I met her mother on a golf course. Her mother was born on the same day, same year as my mom. They look exactly the same. We started talking. I said I did music for cartoon shows. She said, "Well, my daughter's in a band." I said, "Well, I have to meet her." I met her. When I opened the front door, I looked at her. I said, "I got to be with this girl. I got to respect her. I want to be her friend." I got hit with a a pie. And uh, it, was, it was so beautiful. Yeah, and he's and I'm with her 38 years me, later. Yeah, which makes me realize what great instincts this guy. Oh has. yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a good fabulous. judge of character. She is fabulous. And she yeah. is, and and we've been friends for yeah, you know, long 30 time. years or so. Long time. I mean, it's been a long time, and she, and they're both life two of the most life incredible is human beings yeah. that, that my wife good. and I have uh, spent time with. So, how did you get into the voice work? I mean, you did a lot of different stuff. I mean, like you owned a well, club in Hollywood. But, yes. Um, Co-owned in a, it. In, a, in, a, in a sort of a convoluted way, but <laughs> what, did, you I, lo- did you win it in a bet? What in yeah. a poker game? What happened? We're not the IRS. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get that. I, I have my how many story listeners from the very beginning. But in junior high school, we had junior high school when I was young. Instead of middle school, we had three years, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And in ninth grade, I was into photography and uh, you know uh, acting, uh, music, and kind of more of the creative things but uh for a term paper in history class i decided i was going to make a short film on eight millimeter film where you had to when you edit it you cut it with a razor blade oh yeah you cut it with an exacto knife right and you 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 tape it together yeah and put some cement on it put it all together and then the same with uh the recording i recorded uh, narrated the uh the film and again you cut the tape the recording tape and, and glued it together as well with a piece of tape. And uh, I did that when I was uh, in uh, ninth Junior grade. High. Yeah. Wow. So it, it was a big hit. The, like the newspaper came out and interviewed me and I, they took it, I took it across the street, showed it to all the history classes in the high school because the high school and the junior high were across the street. Anyway, when you're a geeky ninth grader, that kind of uh, positive reinforcement makes a huge impression on you. Yeah. And, uh, and it did. And so when I went across the street to the high school, anytime there was a crowd of people and uh, a, a microphone, I was the guy with the microphone. So after high school, I, well, my junior year of high school, sadly, my parents split up. And it was a very ugly divorce. And they lost a lot of money. And they said, your college plans are on hold. We have no money. You got to go to junior oh, college. It's not an awful divorce. Well, oh. it's it, it happens. It, it, does. it does happen. And, uh, <laughs> I <you> know. know. <laughs> so I I went to junior college and I lasted about a month. And <laughs> That's exactly how long I lasted at junior college. Really, it's I got terrible. cut from the baseball and look team. Where yeah, and look where we are. Never came back. Look yeah. where we are. We're sitting across from each Please. other. Right now. <laughs> so life is good. <laughs> it, I decided at 19 years old to go and get on a game show. It was called High Rollers. I remember High Alex Rollers. Alex Trebek, Ruta Lee, who I think Ruta is in town here. She does. Ruta lives in town. She's in yeah. Mexico now. She goes there uh, for part of the season. She and was so, at your wedding, wasn't she? She was at my wedding. Yeah, well, well, it was funny because you were talking about Bob Zemeckis. 
Lithuanian descent, grown up in Chicago. Uh, and Rudy, of course, the most famous Lithuanian. And my wife, really? the, the second. No, I, I think Andrea is the most famous. Wow, Lithuanian. She aspires not to fame. I don't know Rudy. How would you know Lithuanian through Rudy? Uh, well, it's, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sure that's she doesn't stage have name. That, I, oh, I see. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. They, her family immigrated from Lithuania to Can, uh, to Canada. Oh. Or as I almost called it, Canadia. Which, um, <laughs> I think they are going to rename it. That, they should. <laughs> now that Patrick's calling it. That's where she met it, Alex. It does have a nice ring to it. Also. That's right. He's gonna so maybe they met each other and came down there. So, and, oh, so, I, so I did you, the show. And this wait, is so Alex at, Trebek and Rudy Lee were on this? With they you? were the host of the show. I was a 19-year-old uh, kid. Kid from Glendale. Had no idea what was going on. Who was the voiceover guy for the show? Uh, Johnny's. Johnny Olson? Uh, no, uh, uh, Jimmy Olson. I think it was Bob Stewart, John Stewart, or whatever his name Famous was. Famous name? Uh, yeah, exactly. Pardo? Uh, oh, Don Pardo. No, was. it was somebody Stewart. Jay Stewart. Jay, Jay Stewart. Stewart. He was the Merrill Heater, Bob Quigley. They did uh, Hollywood Squares as well as a ton of game shows. I was 19 years old. I stayed on for four and a half days. I was the champion. This Good is run. 1974, I won $29,000. That's wow. real money. That was a lot of money. That's $3 so, in 2023 Exactly, money. right? <laughs> so I took that money and I decided, okay, maybe I can do something with my voice. I don't know what. I wanted to do something. And, and were I, people telling you at this point? Do you, yeah, I had this deep voice. Yeah. Um, when your voice changed, you like went from... Right down to this. This was this was yeah. your middle school voice. I, oh, yeah. Before that change, I sounded just like you. When they drove in. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's a low blow, but that's uh, where it all happened. How yeah, long before right. you didn't? Like that, yeah. One of one of the testicles has dropped. Oh, yeah. like, that's all I oh, can yeah. say. Yeah. At least a mile. If We're talking a, about surgery for yeah. that. It's on the floor. Over but there. it just it just changed at one point, and I had a low voice early. Like some women, uh, girls, you know, they, they, they develop They early. have low voices early. Yeah, and I had a development. Of, and then know, they become I high. had an Adam's apple that was larger than the other Adam's apple. These days, some women do, too. Yeah. So I, uh, say that. I went to uh, KISS Broadcasting Workshop. Remember KISS Radio in Los Angeles? Yeah, of course. Uh, still there. Um, they had a broadcasting workshop. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to be a disc jockey with this voice. I'll move to somewhere in uh, Kansas and work my way back to Los Angeles. Well, during that, uh, that class that I went to, the, the, the workshop that I went to, I met two people that made a huge difference in my life. One is Dawes Butler. Now, Dawes, Dawes Butler was an animation guy. He did the voice of Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear, Snagglepuss. What? Uh, Elroy Jetson. Is that Hanna-Barbera? He was to Hanna-Barbera what Mel Blanc was to Warner I Brothers. I think I just okay. read an article about yeah. this guy within the last several He's days. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's a, just, a, just a wonderful human being. And another, I met another guy. His name was Johnny Rabbit. And he was a disc jockey from St. Louis who came to L.A. and started doing voiceovers. Good friends with... Um, Casey Kasem. You guys remember Casey's oh, yeah. The American Top 40. Top 40. Right. Last week, Casey Kasem. That's really good. This week, jumping pick. up to number 13. Oh. Right? <laughs> Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I started learning that there was other things you could do. I could do animation, or I could do commercials, or I could do promos, trailers, voiceovers in Los Angeles, and I wouldn't have to go to Kansas. So this was good news. <laughs> Too bad. And I went and studied with Dawes <laughs> in his uh, guest house in, in, in Beverly Hills. And I went and studied with uh, 
with Johnny Rabbit. He had a studio, Wally Hyder Studio, down on Cowenga mm. in uh, Hollywood. And I just went through that, and it was 19. I did my first TV commercial. It's called uh, Bonded Home Loans. <laughs> and the tagline was, uh, having all that extra money could make you feel like kissing somebody. And then a kiss went on George Washington's forehead or something. A cheek went on the dollar bill. And that was At the first 35%. Yet. Yeah, and that was it. And uh, and then from then on, I, uh, you know, started, I was just like you. And, and voiceovers get residuals. Voice, we get, we all get residuals. Uh, voiceovers, as I said before, you can do, I can do 14 commercials, commercials. and get residuals for all of every them. Every time it plays. Every time they play. But wow. a, an on-camera person, we had different ones that did each commercial. Yeah. So they would only get one time, but I would get 14 times. And our, our rate, even though it was maybe uh, you know, two-thirds of what an on-camera rate was, hmm. when you multiply it by 14, it's obviously great. So you were clearly the smartest guy <laughs> on the set. Well... Don't what? know about that, but I got into game shows. I <laughs> the found richest, the richest, the richest, the Merrill Heater people who did, um, who did uh, high rollers. I went and reconnected with them and said, you know, if you need any help, I'll come down and do it for free and stuff. The like voiceover help? Yeah, so I went down and did uh, run-throughs for them. Oh, and uh, you know, one of one of the owners uh, came through and was listening and said, oh. That guy sounds pretty good. That's and Hollywood, man. This is a Hollywood movie. Right and here. they said, let, let's let him do the pilot for Hollywood games or whatever the heck it was called. So I did that, and that's how I kind of got started in uh, doing game shows. But I've done a lot of game shows, and I You're did. You're still uh, working with uh, Byron Allen. I do Byron Allen. A lot of Byron Allen shows. Uh, yeah, I did the original Byron Allen show back in 89. Wow. And uh, we've been friends for, well, count the years. Well, and Byron Allen started on uh, what, what was the guy. What was the show he was originally on? Was Real it? People. Real yeah. People. Yeah. And he was like 20 years old yeah, or something at the time. 18? I, I think he was. Yeah. I mean, he was on Johnny Carson when he was like 70. His mom worked at NBC. Yeah. Carolyn, who's absolutely a fantastic woman. And uh, the the uh, got him on some shows and things like that, but he did uh, yeah, he did the Carson Didn't show. Didn't he end up like Buying the weather channel. He owns the weather channel. He owns the weather channel. He's doing very well. He's doing quite well. He bought the weather channel. And he bought it from from NBC. Did he? Don't you have to buy those things for a billion dollars? It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. I think uh, it was more like 600 million. But but not a billion. Yeah. That real people money. I mean, if you round up. Well, if you round it. He's a very funny guy, (laughs) and he still does. I do a show called uh, uh, Comic Strip. uh, No, Sunday Comics. No, what was it? You better, oh, co- you better come well, up with it. Funny you should ask. Funny you should. I was just That's watching the game that. Show that well, I he's do. a Dick Clark guy. Yeah, funny you should ask. And so he is actually still one of the guests on the show. It's very similar to Hollywood Squares. Yeah, he does a panel kind it's of thing. Six, is that right now? Six comedians. It's on yes. now. Six comedians, and they'll ask a question, and each you pick a comedian, and it's like they'll tell you it's this or this, and you have to pick which person's telling the truth, just like Hollywood Squares. And he's still actually. On the show. How so, are game shows? Are game shows still cooking kind of like they always are? They've changed they, a lot over the years. They've changed a lot. Well, sure. now. But are they making it? And again, well, you know, I, this is another one of those things that, that, that sort of irritates me. Because when I was a kid growing up, the thing I really wanted to do was be a game show host. Yeah. Watching Gene really? Rayburn. Watching Gene Rayburn do match games. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So there's long no microphone? the long, the long oh, skinny mic. That. Yeah. Like, uh, and, he was the only guy that used that one. I know. Oh, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Barker. 
Bob Barker oh, used yeah. one for the Price is Right for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I, that was exactly what I wanted to do. You wow. seem more like a Chuck Barris kind but of guy many? to me. What? The Gong Show? <laughs> wow. Oh, I love the Gong Show. Love so, which it. one of you guys wants to co-host this week? <laughs> yeah. But now, wait Maybe a minute. Both Jeez. Huh? But that's Barris. He was one of the richest men in Hollywood. Yeah, well, that's where he was going shows. with that. He was a producer, yeah, that's right. and he that's right. created shows. Yeah, that's right. and, and, he, and uh, he created a show that he could host. Well, there, that, that was one of but them. How yes. many of those but, guys, like voiceover guys, maybe five that control that wink marking? Oh wink, yeah, the, I mean, there my wasn't father, many. Uh, used to ask my stepfather. Used to ask Alex? me what I did. And, wink, wink and lives he, out he, here, he, by the way. He kept still asking. alive. Wink. Yeah. Hey, hang on, guys. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying. Is Kramer talking? Yeah, it was so funny. The voice is talking. People don't realize that you know voiceovers is a job, and so my stepdad he he never really quite got what I did. He was an Ivy League kid that went to Phillips Academy at Andover and Yale University, and he was in real estate at Colwell Banker and all that stuff. He he never got Hollywood at all, and he kept. Every time we get together, what is it you do again? The big voiceover guy. <laughs> Did he keep telling you you needed to have a plan B? A re- yeah, right. Are you, you going to get a real job someday? And I told him, I said, there are, there are more Supreme Court justices than there are game show announcers. True. Which, at the time, was true. Very true. A, a small handful of us were game show announcers. I've, I've certainly gone on to do other stuff as well as that. But he finally <laughs> said, hmm. That's interesting, you know. <laughs> that was hey, as good as it got. Yeah, that That's was interesting. Did LaFontaine do? Don LaFontaine was a was a trailer guy. He was the so he never did, world. he never oh, worked oh, his yeah, way up the, through. He, he did the movies. Well, it's not so well, no, but he was a great movie guy. But I wonder if he came up through the ranks of game shows or something. Well, I think his background was actually in producing trailers. Oh, and he was a producer. He was a trailer producer, myself. and and he would do scratch tracks. For his trailers, and the do, clients do, 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 would do, hear do, it. Do one of his. <laughs> I wish Come I on. could. In a world, is, Come on. yeah. He was the guy famous for in a world, <laughs> you know, where two men <laughs> and two women want to get together. You know, so he would. <laughs> well, what happens? Awesome. Yeah. And then it gets. Uh, yeah. Then it God. gets uh, complicated. Babies. That's part of the show so far. Yeah. And and he would read the trailers, and they said, you know what? That sounds good. Let's just use that. Let's use the scratch track, and that's how he got into being and the one story, of the greatest trailer announcers. Yeah. Well, ever. the story is he went, he got in a limousine, and just went from studio to studio yes. doing trailers, and just cha-ching and cha-ching, just cha-ching and all over town. Wow! And it was just one yeah. of those he, gigs no, where he had his own limo got and his spot. own driver, and and, and uh, just went from studio to studio, that, just doing those were that. the days before. And the, the money internet. was yeah. was just crazy. But there's still a lot of money. I mean, like, I don't want to tell stories out of school, but well, we all- John White, our anchor, because John Kramer is our voice guy, John White is his limo driver. <laughs> when Kramer goes someplace, yeah. like they got pulled over, and the guy, the cop, came back to his yeah. car. He said, "I'm not pulling him because yeah. I don't know who the guy in the back is." But John White's his driver. He must be really important. You know, if John's <laughs> listening, I, you know, do you make the window go up so you don't have to listen to yeah. it? Of course, halfway yeah. down. Uh, yeah. Don't even have to anymore because CGI does all that. That's AI does, so are, does that. Do you do you work as much as you want to now? I have been hanging around long enough that people think I know what I'm doing. So and he, he never leaves. The phone keeps ringing. He doesn't leave his closet. And, uh, <laughs> and if he does, 
do you, you, you? I mean, your phone will ring, and you're on the golf course. You got to get back because there's a breaking you've, news. You've been with me. Yeah, we're being. We're, yeah, he's got to go. Good friends. I've been out to dinner with that's people life in of a group and and said sorry, I got to go and record. Um, is that something from our station? We have a breaking news thing. You need to do a breaking news open. Not, is that not so much with you guys? Not so much breaking I don't news. Do the topicals, lately. as they say, right, the topicals. With you that's guys, uh, meaning a, a, some, a current newscast, a tease for a current uh, event that's happening right this moment. There are two types of promos, and topicals yeah. are the ones where coming up tonight. Here's a breaking news story, da 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 da. But then the other promo is is really the image promo, where mm. you know, watch. Ju- yeah. Do it. Watch yeah. John White, Karen Devine. John White and Karen Devine, tonight at 11 on KESQ News that, Channel 3. That's an image problem. Oh, yeah. I love that. There it is. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I know. That is really cool. Everybody, you know what? Give him his phone number so yeah. people can call up and give him a couple bucks, but leave it for their, vo- for their little <laughs> phone right, putting right. a GoFund page together. Yeah. I, I want I that. I swear to God, that is so funny because that should almost happen. all of the, I should have that. All you of should, the live shows that I I'll do. I'll test it. I'll test it. I did the, the MTV uh, Movie and TV Awards and the MTV Video Music Awards and uh, VH1. Anyway, all these live shows that I've done over the years, there is always a like production assistant or somebody that will come in. Oh, uh, excuse me, yeah. Mr. Kramer. Would you mind doing my phone message for me? I, how happened how, how come I didn't think of that? Time. I want that. I, I want that. that. Yeah. Here's a, but it's <laughs> true. It's Kramer. Like Patrick Evans is not available right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. And they love it. It's very flattering. So have you started like a lot of the stars do, where you offer to sing somebody happy birthday? No. Uh, do I look like a star? Well, you know what? There, there is a thing now, but right? The, yeah. It's called Cameo. But the but voice. Just, yes. But people make money. I, they make money. Mark, Mark would... Mark Taylor would be, Swift uh, yeah, would no. be better. Doesn't need it. Taylor Swift is uh, yeah. busy with the games, H- hanging out with Kelsey. Oh goddamn, Moody. Yeah. Oh uh, Moody. We saw a game last night. Moody, don't don't start. Kicker for start. San Francisco. Let's no, not start. But I'm actually a Niners fan, so I'm the one that suffered. You saw it. Yeah. You did suffer. I suffered. Well, badly. I would say Moody suffered as much because whoever was technically directing that. Monday Night Football game headed out for Moody. But he did slip during warm-ups. So if you slip during warm-ups, we got to adjust. Well, you change your shoes or you something. You change, change your shoes. Some cleats. Put the cleats on, for God's sakes. Put some cleats on and, and get rid of the Nikes. The this Nike has got to be really fascinating for our listeners. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Maybe we should get back to some uh, – maybe we should talk to Patrick about Can we talk about who, who didn't make it? Did you mention uh, – why we're here? Because we're fillings. <laughs> we are fillings. No, wait, we're, we're, wait. There's fantastic a fantastic There's a huge caveat with that. Go ahead. You were invited guests before. Yes, but we we were expecting the to money have, wasn't there. The money wasn't. We, we didn't have the funds. <laughs> And no, not well, at, at least not the funds they asked for. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. we're they, used to they that. They want William Shatner money. And <laughs> we're in the business. And we got cards. <laughs> You're not no, getting Shatner, Shatner money now. Not getting Shatner money now. No, Shatner nobody money now get, is more. Nobody gets Shatner money, especially no. at those Comic Cons. <laughs> he he gets, really is the king. I he think is, he's the king. He is the king. And I hear, and I've seen him at some, he doesn't give you much. And I hear when he signs, he doesn't really look at you. And, and the Comic Cons, I've been to some, and that's where I got COVID. Last time out in Detroit. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's a great in, story. Keep no, going. Like, I got on the plane with it. That's when the fog started. Yeah. But anyway, I've been to the Comic-Cons. The Comic-Cons are a trip. And there are fans. And these fans are what pay to get movies. They pay for the books. They pay for the T-shirts. And they really are great people. And they ask you the questions. It's 
they're such an interesting group. I mean, you know, and Comic Con down at uh, San Diego, it's out of control. It's, yeah, Life it's, for it's them. blown up. It used yeah. to be the, the studios would make fun of it back in the day. Not anymore. Now they mm. control it. You know, yeah. when it was just comic book writers at that little hotel, and they're like comic books, comic books, and they came around. I don't know if they came around at Superman. I don't know what made them think like we can just start doing superhero movies and make money. Well, the super Superman movie yeah, was, was was the was the well, but I, I don't know if that was the one that really said hey, because uh, I, I remember Spider Man raced the Marvel to be in front of us. Well, no, exploded. Well, to be in front of us, they did a Spider Man, and I forget mm. who did it, what it was, but they ran to get in front of us in seventy seven, seventy eight. Mm. And it came out. It, was, it like, was a dud. It was a dud. Nobody remembers. I don't even remember no. it. And Christopher Reeve came it? out. I uh, don't remember. That's not a good sign for a no, movie. No. no. We can't remember yeah. what it was called or who was in it. And Everybody remembers the spider. Nobody remembers who played Spider-Man. No. But you can't rush a film. No. Can't rush a film. Mark, and what was your first paid perf- uh, acting job? Uh, first paid acting job. 18 years old. Could have been Coppin' the Kid where I played a 12-year-old. Because I was 18 years old when I started in the business. What happened was, when I graduated from high school, I was thinking I was going to be a jockey because I was a good athlete. And my mom had met a lady at a beauty parlor when I was a little kid, and they became friends. And she asked if I wanted to do commercials when I was nine years old, running around when I was out of the, you know, for a weekend out of the military school. And my mom said, well, she, you know, he, he doesn't live at home, so No. But they became friends. So when I graduated, she asked if I wanted to be an actor. And I said, I'll, because I didn't get accepted to college. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I tried, but I guess so the you weren't as successful in good. college as, as no, we were. No, no, you guys at least got a, you guys got <laughs> yeah, a week really? out of it. <laughs> no, no, so I didn't, full I, day, I didn't get accepted anywhere. <laughs> so I just said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll try acting. And I went to the interviews, really not knowing anything about anything. And I started getting jobs. And I don't know how... I was doing it except for the fact that maybe people would be coming to the interviews when they said, you know, what have you been doing? They would say, well, I've been doing Broadway. I've been doing this. And here's my resume and this. And I just came in and kind of shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> I really haven't been doing anything. I just got out of military school and I don't even know what I'm doing. But Wait, I, actually, I said, never did say that. No. And the reason I retired at 55, because I didn't want to get caught <laughs> not knowing what I was doing. Really? really my whole career... I would get in, do my job, and leave. And I would just, all I would be trying to do is get the director to say, cut, I like it, we're moving on. That's all I wanted Cash, to hear. Check and and go. then I was gone. And I kept thinking there'd be a moment where somebody, a director would come up and say, we're taking five minutes. <laughs> I need to talk to you. <laughs> oh, I'd start to run. And he'd come put his hand on my shoulders. You really don't know what you're doing, do you? And I would have had to say, I don't. But shit, I'm gl- I'm glad I can talk about it. And now. nobody ever actually asked. Nobody ever asked. That's, awesome. I, I got, That's how I, good I, of an actor you were. You I got away. With, I got away. You know what the trick was? I listened to the other actor. And if as an actor, this is all I will tell them: if you're listening to the other actor when you're on film, you can see it. You can see you're listening. You can see you're participating. And your reaction, if you truly are listening, you're going to be there. It's genuine. It's yeah. genuine. So you said you did some stage. You don't like to do stage, and you threw up before every performance. I did. So live audience is not your thing. I did do Happy Days, which was a live audience, and I oh. did throw up before that, too. <laughs> yeah. No, anything live. It was just 
from three o'clock on, I couldn't eat, couldn't even think about anything. I just and once you're on, you're on, and you're doing your thing. But the anticipation was killing me. Wow. Because it was just like. Were you like that your whole career? Uh, I didn't do. I mean, I did the Happy Days live television. I think it was just Happy Days. But you didn't get nervous on camera. Just no, no, on no, stage. No, yeah. and on camera, I just focused, and you had your rehearsals and. And, you like know, on and, the, and when you're on, on camera, the set, it was it was a totally different thing. Let me, because totally different thing, it, except for like I did an ER, where you know the doctor came up and said your daughter was a, in an automobile accident, she was killed, and I had to kind of break down, and I was thinking, wow, if I can get out of this one, and I guess I did okay. I don't know, it's ER, and uh, it's out there somewhere. You can find it, <laughs> and I think I pulled it off, but I don't know, but. To really, to have to cry when somebody tells you your daughter was killed, I didn't know where to grab that from. I, you know, yeah. you just have to, you have to go in there because, you know, you go to the interview, and I don't care about the interviews, and that's probably why I got hired, because they just <laughs> thought, this guy's a good guy. So I got hired, and then once they hired me, the agent calls, hey, they want you. Now I'm like, oh, shit. Now I got to. Now I got to do <laughs> this. I got to figure out what they're, I'm doing. They're gonna, now I have to care. They're going to pay me, <laughs> and I got to do this. And I'm not going to tell the agent I can't. So I just would just go forward, and I got away with it for, I think, 45 years somehow. And I wow. retired at 55. SAG has a good pension, and I got my little Social Security now. And and I got to tell you, and you're playing golf life, and, and playing loving life. Golf and life is it didn't look good. like you just got away with it as a fan. You were a lot of fun to watch. You were really, really good. I got lucky projects. Yeah. I mean, and I got to say, the the everybody always asked me what my favorite one was, and it was Apollo 13, because I kind of channeled my father, who I lost as a kid, hmm. you know. And that film, there's a s- sequence in there at the very end when the parachutes open, and the music cues. I could cry every time. It's just a moment in film that just grabs me. I don't know what it is, but it's one of those that's. If I wanted to, I could let it go. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, Mad, 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 Mad World. My mom drops us off. When my, right here. when my brother and I were little kids, my mom would drop us off at the Alex Theater and keep us there all day, and we'd watch that movie. And it is just, you know, and I always ask people what their favorite movies are. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's because you have a crush on Robert Redford. I have Redford. a crush on Robert Redford. And? Uh, it is a tie between Goodfellas and Wrath of Khan. Straight up the, right up the middle, huh? Yeah. Well, because you are, you, you got your Star Trek. I'm, I'm a big Trek fan. And but Wrath Trek? of Khan, I think, is, is, is a film that transcends the genre of Agreed. Star Trek. It's, it's just such a great movie. And we movie. have to ask Al. Alan? Flying Tigers. Flying Tigers. Don't even know. Alan Horowitz is here. He just came to sit in and listen to the podcast great today. Great uh, uh, And Kramer? Shall we start over? Um, <laughs> no. Welcome. Debbie does Dallas. No. <laughs> it was good. It was a good movie. It was the first really good. Well, you know. It was good the first 12 no, times I, I saw know, it. After that. Patrick's breaking up. I shouldn't even said that. We're trying to be honest here, aren't we? Being and honest, I would say. Let uh, it go. Like a lot of people, um, it's a wonderful life. De- no. As always. Oh, that's. Has always been a favorite. Ouch. But nobody's but. ever said Debbie Does Dallas the way he just yeah. did. That was really good. I'm not sure he wasn't the announcer for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was play-by-play play in that one. There was. <laughs> John, your favorite movie. Sign language. Mad, 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 world. mad, mad world. Oh, yeah. John McMullen, our producer, uh, as soon as you said that, you were getting the big thumbs up over there from Big oh, John. Oh, no. So. I, I don't. Yeah. It's, and it's right here at home. 
And you know what? If you go, they showed it down in um, La Quinta, maybe a year ago at the big theater. So fun. Yeah. Because yeah, there one. it is. There's 74. Let's start this thing. So supposedly a true story. When I was like six months old, my mom went to see Jimmy Durante at the Silver Dollar Saloon in Carson City. And apparently I started screaming in the middle of it. So he came over, picked me up, and held me in his lap for like she 20 minutes her of the show. Month old she brought her six-month-old. <laughs> well, we were both heavy drinkers but, at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They let you in. You had ID. They let me in. <laughs> I had a little bit of a shadow. Can't so Jim, Jim, he came over and, and he Jim, picked me Jimmy up. Durante? Apparently, there's a picture of it sitting directly behind the bar in the Silver Dollar. And he took Saloon. you up for the rest of the show? No, uh, for a few minutes. Yeah. Until he threw you Until back. Until my mom ball. came back. <laughs> I mean, to reality, from the that, bar. <laughs> she took off. Oh, that's when moms were moms. Moms were moms. <laughs> that's funny. What's that? No. Patrick, this has been a pretty damn good show for for replacing. We, for we, never, replacement. we never told we, uh, the story. So, oh, yeah. our good friend Lisa Lynn Morgan from the Broken Hallelujahs and, and uh, Joshua Tree Voice, she has attempted twice to be on the podcast. I think she's avoiding us. She said she's oh, attempted oh, twice. Yeah, I think she's avoiding us. I know Lisa. Yeah, she's terrific. You've she, seen her perform at she, Las Casuelas. And she does the magazine. Yes, yeah, yeah, Joshua Tree Voice. She so, is a mover and a shaker. But the truth be told, these guys, we were just watching Monday Night Football, Moody, and <laughs> last night. <laughs> Don't go. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> damn Moody. Uh, and, any, and I'm not even a Niners guy. I just we like, had to get our check. F and Moody. We went out of here. <laughs> I can't look at him on the big screen. But we were just, and so they said, what time you recorded the podcast? We want to come by, maybe have a burger and watch. And thank goodness you both did, because otherwise we would not have isn't a podcast. It, isn't it nice how life we, works in its own way? But again, you've both been there invited. There are no accidents. You've been invited before, so this we, is a lucky happenstance. You were going to be on this podcast. Hey, and I got to say, here at the uh, studio, uh, all these tickets from shows gone by. Isn't that crazy? I'm assuming Skip's. Did he save all of his tickets? He, he was saved there, all of his or tickets. he produced yes. the shows. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's a They're great all place. ones he was involved. And we in. did have a cheeseburger. Fantastic. The drinks are fantastic. It's a good. But does everybody know how to get here? We're right off of Highway 111, next to Mimo's Italian Restaurant, the in center Palm of the desert. They know the how to get to Mimo's. Yeah, I and guess. It, it, Is that why you said that? Between the lock shop and Mimo's, <laughs> it's a. There you go. It's across from the Habit. It's it. it <laughs> <laughs> it, and Skip will tell you, he has the biggest deck in Palm Desert. It's a good deck. He does. Yeah, size it's a beautiful matters. deck. Yeah. So, size matters. Oh, his deck so is fantastic. <laughs> but I, I, I do love his wall, and this is really, to see all this stuff and see the years, 94, 95, 92, this is us, right? So This is all us. But we owe both of you guys a, a very large thank you because it was well, very, very gracious of you. being here. Just Let's a uh, cheers. cheers. Swing by, let alone become it guests. It was a pleasure. Cheers. And, Unexpectedly. Uh, I'm, glad, and I'm glad we could help. It's, uh, you guys, no, that's what it's we a do. great show. That's well, what me and Kramer hope, do. Uh, thank you, guys. Randy yeah. really likes to do research, so I know that you were, you were working without a script today. Without a net. But come on, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Lot is, of there fun. Anything, I, is there anything we've missed? I don't know. I didn't take any notes. I did no research. <laughs> I'm assuming you gave me everything you had. Ask me a Lisa question. Lisa. Yeah, who was uh, supposed to be here. Something about the Joshua. Wait, remember, somebody came up and talked to her in church. Oh. so She is so good, the by the way. The first time she ever performed in public was at church in Cathedral City at the age of 11. She's, a, she's a desert girl. One of the 
people in the congregation came up later, told her to keep doing it, and she was going to be successful. Guess who that was? You. Huh. You got it. No. No. Frank Sinatra. Uh, no. Frank Sinatra Get was out the of first town. person to tell wow. Lisa Lynn Morgan to keep singing. Wow, fabulous. Yeah. That's so good. I just saw that Frank Sinatra, Sinatra in the desert. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Sinatra. You know what? He is, what should be out there is that Sinatra was so good to people. He really took care of people. I mean, I don't know. There's so many other stories. But when it came just to the human being and the person in the paper with hardship, he looked after him. It, and I love that. I, when I first yeah. moved to town. He must have had resources all over uh, the place. He had resources like nobody's business. Yeah. But my, favorite, my favorite Sinatra story that I've, I've ever been told, and I knew people who knew Frank very well. I, Barbara Sinatra helped me ask my wife to marry her. Really? Yes, that's a whole different story. But my favorite Sinatra story of all time, I met a woman who was a, a caregiver nurse. And she uh, knew that I was a Sinatra fan. She came and she told me this story. She said, uh, early on when, when Frank wasn't doing great, Barbara would hire people just to come in. Like, he didn't really need a nurse, but Barbara wanted somebody there with him during the day. And she said Frank frequently would just kind of sleep or, or watch TV. Right down the block here. And... She said her first day, she goes in, she works, and she's leaving at 5 o'clock, and she goes up to tell Frank that Barbara will be back about 5.30 or 6. And Frank said, nobody comes to my house. Nobody works for me and doesn't get paid. Let me pay you. And she said, no, no, no. The, you know, the service is going to bill you guys. It's fine. He goes, Frank says, no. Nobody works in my house and doesn't get paid. Go over to that dresser, top left drawer. And she goes over, and she opens up. It's just stacks of $100 bills. He says, Take what we owe you, take a little bit more. <laughs> and how much did she take? She, she said she didn't take anything because the service was But she, like, she had to like feign like she took a $100 bill and slip out of the house. But that, I, wow. think, I think that was the true nature of Sinatra. Take what we owe you, yeah. take a little bit more. Yeah. I love that story. Thanks for telling love that. Love that. Yeah. How, old would, how old did Frank live? He was 82 when he passed away. 82, good lifetime. Yeah. God yep. bless him. Good and really, big, big part of this desert. Huge part. Guys, again, thank you so much for jumping in. We're delighted to have you both. Uh, it was a pleasure. Can I get my free drink now? Yeah, sure, absolutely. All right. <laughs> we know why he's here. Let's head for everybody, the bar. Everybody, everybody come before yeah. the show. Come our, to the little bar. <laughs> our guest, John Kramer, Martin McClure, thank you both very much. And, of course, our producer, Mr. John McMullen, and my great co-host, Randy Florence. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back here at Little Bar again next week doing this all over again. Maybe with Lisa. Thank you for joining us for Big Conversations, Little Bar, with Patrick Evans and Randy Florence. Hear our entire library of episodes from BigConversationsLittleBar.com or most major podcast portals. This podcast is a production of the Mutual Broadcasting System. Mutual Broadcasting System.